It's Monday on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here with me as well. It's June, Patrick. Twins are still in first place. The miracle in Canada over the weekend. I don't know what we'd call it uh, officially, uh, but do you believe in miracles? They took two out of three. You wrote about um, kind of the notion of upsets in baseball. We can talk about that a little bit, but you know, the primary fact is twins were stumbling big time uh, before they got to Toronto. They'd lost seven out of 10 against Detroit and Kansas city. And then they just go ahead and win two out of three. They score a lot of runs in the two wins. Um, and, and here we are. What, uh, I want to get some thoughts on some individual players in a minute, but what do you make of that? I think you wrote that it's just kind of baseball, right? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of trying to write. There are upsets in baseball, even though people don't frame them that way. You never, yeah. when's the last time you saw a headline? Twins upset Blue Jays. Right, <laughs> you know, right. We don't, uh, we don't look at baseball as a sport where there are upsets. Maybe in October we do. I mean, that's what I was trying to say. Yes. But uh, Friday night was a massive upset, and they really played great. I mean, you start Chichi Gonzalez, and then you got uh, uh, two new guys in the bullpen. You uh, got you're still missing uh, Correa. Kepler can't play because he's not vaxxed in Canada. Uh, you know, you you slap it together and play great. They play that was a terrific game that they played up there. And uh, Garlic, you know, he kills left-handed pitching. Now he's probably going on the DL. We're probably going to see Kirloff come Tuesday, I would think, because he's red hot. We would have saw him this weekend in Toronto, but they have a vaccination uh, rule up there, so uh, we we don't know that officially. But uh, that's probably why Kirloff had we came back from Detroit. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, they played great. Then yesterday, they were playing great until Duffy came in the game and turned it into a, a nail-biter. Now, I was driving around listening on the radio. I, I like to do that sometimes on Sundays later on to see how the fellas were doing. And uh, I wanted to see how our pal Perkins was doing on the radio, and he's right. great. Uh, so uh, I was didn't get a clear message as to why Duran had left the game. And I was, uh, I thought Rocco had lost his mind, but it turned out he got hit with a, a ball in the knee or something that uh, the first, the first out of that inning, he'd only thrown eight pitches. So he, uh, they, they couldn't bring him back out there, but, uh, Duffy has, uh, pretty much rendered himself unusable here, but, uh, the, lately, but, uh, beyond that, I mean, they have one, two out of three, get hammered in between, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was uh, astounded me. I saw I saw this is obviously last Monday. I was predicting they'd be under five hundred by the time Tampa left town. So, uh, uh, you know, you look at this uh, team that's coming in to play them. Though the Yankees, thirty nine and sixteen, the best record in years in uh, in baseball after fifty five games, and uh, uh, it's uh, that's going to be a chore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they played really good. Uh, I think uh, one decision I really liked they made was they called up Palacios to play uh, shortstop. Yeah. And been in the system for a while. Now he kicked a couple. But instead of messing around and having Polanco play shortstop and Rice play second, which they did one game in Detroit, get get the guy up here who can catch the ball and throw it to first base and you don't have to change everything around. 
And, uh, you know, he's been in the system for a few years and, uh, you know, let him play shortstop and, and play everything else. I, one problem I would think that they're uh, having good, they might have to address here is that uh, Ryan Jeffers never gets a hit. He's uh, <laughs> two for 30 or something like that. He's down to one He's down into the one seventies. Luckily Sanchez is, they, you can pretty much look at him as your number one catcher now, but I, yeah, they played great in Toronto to win two out of three. Pretty amazing to me. Uh, Toronto's interesting. I talked to TK, as uh, you saw, if you saw yeah. that column on Friday night after the game, and he was all worked up because uh, Vlad had uh, hit that long home run on Friday and hit it 900 miles and then jogged around the bases, took him about three minutes, and then the rest of the game. They did not – that was, what, the second inning, right? Vlad hit that right, home yeah. run. They didn't get a hit the rest of the game. Is that right? Toronto. They wow. did not get a hit the rest of the game. They got three hits in the first inning, one in the second off that Gonzalez, or maybe it was third, whatever it was. Once he left, those relievers that came in and pitched six innings, wow. uh, which did not include Duran. Duran was not one of the six. One, one of the pitchers that pitched those, they had five relievers come in. They pitched six innings. They did not give that team a hit, which had been fantastic. It had been yeah. uh, a one-eight in a row. And been, that, that was the other part of it. Toronto was playing great. The Twins were playing terrible. Twins go in there and win two out of three. I don't know. You figure it out. I can't. I'm glad that I – I'm glad I wasn't in the neighborhood of the St. Croix Casino, though. I would have been down a quick 500 on Friday night. I guarantee you. <laughs> Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I think it's a good point that we don't think about baseball as having upsets but that that did feel like it because we the whole narrative of the twins wasn't just you know oh man they, they got to play toronto it was we're kind of just waiting for this slide to come and it might still come but uh yeah. you know they're they're, they're not going to finish they're not going to leave this stretch under 500 they've already guaranteed <laughs> themselves of uh, they had already guaranteed themselves that on uh on friday and now with two wins in the first three games. They've bought themselves some grace if they can manage to win one against the Yankees and, and be competitive against the Rays. They'll at least come out of this stretch feeling okay about themselves. But um, it's just it's such a weird team. Um, you know, we're more than, a th- like I say, we're more, more than a third of the way into the season now, and you still look at them and you say, how exactly are these guys getting it done? How are they, you know, aside from the AL Central being so bad, how are they four and a half games up? You know what, thirty-two and twenty-four now, which is a good—that's a good pace. It's a pace for ninety-five wins, probably. I still understand how they're doing it, but one one way they're doing it is, I want to talk to you about Luis Arias. Had four more yep. hits on Sunday. I believe he's hitting three fifty-eight now. I mean, a lot of singles, obviously. So he's kind of this throwback to the eighties when you know these guys, these you know these guys lefties were just slapping the ball all over the field. But my goodness when you hit that well we hit 358 right now this guy's on this guy's something else yeah what's he hitting against uh righties because uh Rocco still likes to put him on the bench once in a while when there's a left-hander pitching uh which is uh I mean to me he's um you know uh, he's 
I, I don't know. I think you should be calling him and getting him signed for four years, don't you? Before he gets, uh, you know, as, as the time, he's one of those guys you want to get signed ahead of time, like uh, Polanco. And uh, yeah, I mean, he could, he's just, he's a hit machine. There's, there's no doubt about it and doesn't strike out. Uh, hits line drives and he is, uh, you know, you you can't quite shift him like you do everybody else because he'll just serve it into left field there. We've gone, we've already talked about it, uh, the Carew uh, angle as yeah. far as Rodney sees more of himself in him than any other hitter. Now, Rodney would hit more doubles than Rise does, but, uh, uh, you know, Rodney, you know, Rodney, what was it? Two weeks ago, he called up Bremer during the game and said, "Tell uh, Rise to stand up more. To, to that he's he's. Uh, I mean, he's standing up too high. Tell him to get into that little crouch of his. And uh, you know, during the game, he told oh, wow. him that after the game, after the game, uh, Bremer mentioned it to uh, Rise, and the next day, Rise got three hits again or something like that. So." Uh, yeah, it's great to have him. And I mean, you got to love him, right? If you're a fan, don't you just, uh, I mean, he's kind of got that that look of one of those pepper pot type of players that uh, we, we all love in baseball. And uh, I, I would think that, uh, I would think he's uh, rapidly ascending as maybe they're uh, everybody's favorite ball player right now on that team. And uh, he just, that, that that's a big weapon to have somebody on base. Uh, what is it? Now forty one percent of the time, something like that, isn't it? Forty two percent. Gotta be close to that. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now because I was looking up his uh, his overall uh, his, his splits. Um, yeah, he's uh, uh, on on base right now is four forty seven this four, season. Four forty seven. He's got a lot of walks too. In this environment, is amazing. Three fifty eight yeah. right now. Yeah, it's like four twenty. You know, because <laughs> yeah. the league averages. 232 yeah. or something like that. I mean, whatever it is, it, there's more teams. You look at team batting averages, there's some of them were fighting to get over 200 a week ago. I don't know if they still are. So, yeah, it's it's, it's phenomenal. His, uh, kind of his, like, uh, oh, go ahead. Kind of like, it's kind of like to, to a much smaller degree, much smaller thing, but it's kind of like when Maddox has a 1.6 ERA during the middle of the steroid, right. you know, when, right. you know, everybody else, nobody else was doing anything and he was getting everybody out. And, uh, you know, the, the league average was teaming the ERA in the league was five. Oh, right. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. The numbers he's putting up when nobody else is, but, uh, I don't know. Rocco play him. Don't, you know, find some place to play him. Now, uh, Kelly and I, when, we, when I was talking to him Friday night, he's not a big fan of uh, Louie in the field. No. <laughs> you know him. But he'd play him. He, you know, right now, since you don't have Cruz around, you don't really have a DH. He can DH. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. He could, you know, when he can play. You know, thirty-three percent of the time in the field, and sixty-seven percent of the time, uh, you know, just let him DH. Who cares? TK played Todd Walker. He could play uh, Luis Arias against his against his better judgment. Yes, <laughs> but still, fan. he did play him. Todd did not get along too no. well. Uh, uh, splits for Arias, by the way, are fairly pronounced this season. It's limited, but he's doing three ninety-four against righties and two twenty-nine. 
against lefties, so he's oh. he's definitely better against righties. I don't know what the what his yeah, career well, I, is, but you know, I'm sure it's it's true. But uh, uh, who who? No matter who's pitching, who'd you rather have come onto the plate? Right. If you need base hit in the eighth inning to get a rally started or something, right? Uh, I'm still taking. He'll give you a good at bat. You know, he's not up there flailing against lefties. He, no. you know, he just one reason he hadn't played that much against them. He sat him quite a bit against them. So yeah, it, it will. Uh, I don't think he's been that bad at first base, but some other people do. So uh, I, I don't know. I got never, never hit a home run in his career against lefties either. By the way, I got to also say that uh, Miranda has recovered from his one day. Uh, he was in the minors for one day, right? Right. I don't even think he made a trip over there. But when I what I was riding him hard about was he was so non-aggressive at the plate. He was right. He was 0-1 on every, you know, the guy did throw him a fastball right down the middle. He wouldn't swing at it. Uh he'd get in a hole. He reminded me of Buxton for like the first three years he was in the big leagues. And he wouldn't swing and he was then he was check swinging about you know how many strikeouts on check swings about 30 percent of his strikeouts and he came back and i was like okay if i'm gonna stay i better start swinging the bat so uh because he could hit it's just oh, yeah. that it's 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 it's, it's his, you know the attitude that the he looked like a guy who's every at bat said boy if i make it out here i'm gonna get sent back to the minor league so uh now now he's kind of back and say boy i better swing the bat and he's right hand hitter which helps with this team you know what if what? kepler was vaccinated i'd call up toronto and trade him for that large guriel or somebody like that a right handed hitter they have their regular lineup has eight right-handed hitters in it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yes. And then they, they eight and a half, the regular lineups, eight and a half, uh, right-handed hitters. They need a lefty bad. We could send them Kepler, but not if he's not vaccinated. No, that's <laughs> anyway. a problem. Uh, uh, but Kirilov coming back, Larnick doing okay. Yeah. He's been good. Uh, Kirilov tearing it up. Uh, so what they, they are really left-handed and, uh, they, they probably going to have to move somebody. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. It's just kind of felt yeah. like once, once anybody starts hitting and gets healthy that, you know, Kirloff and Larnick are, you know, good intriguing players, but they're a little bit of a redundancy. They've got some, some left-handed redundancy uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. It will be interesting, but yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked now, uh, yeah, anybody can go to the ball games this weekend. I was, I week? was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you that. I was gonna ask you that. I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good, and it's you know good competition. And some, uh, you know, some school is out now. Yeah, it looks like the weather's gonna be really nice. A lot of, oh, and then we also like to say, well, there's a lot of graduations this week. <laughs> oh, everybody, they always come up with some excuse. Uh, my old friends in Philadelphia, when their attendance was. After they had their good run in the, well, what was it? The, you know, when they won a World Series in 80 and they were drawing huge amounts of people. And then the attendance started to decline and decline. And the Phillies used to always say, well, everybody's at the shore. Everybody's at the shore. <laughs> Here we say they're all at the lake. If, you, if, you're the lake. Interested, if you're interested in your team, you're, uh, you know, it's not, uh, boy, I'd really like to be at the game, but we're going to go to the cabin for, you know, every weekend for the rest of the summer, or we're going to, uh, you know, we got graduation we got all this stuff. If they're, uh, 
If they're 24, 25, and 26 for the Yankees, they're in trouble. They gotta, you gotta come close to 30, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's the the Yankees. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, and And these are these are the Yankees now. (laughs) These are only Yankees. This pitching, their their starting pitching is unbelievable. They don't give up any runs. Right. They got a new stud in the bullpen. Is how Holmes guy? Is it Holmes? And you know they're just killing it. Aaron Judge is the MVP right now, and uh, Stanton just came back, and uh, they're just—I mean—they're just, I mean, they're just uh, frighteningly uh, strong right now. Thirty-nine and sixteen, I believe. So, uh, yeah, if you if if they don't draw for these guys, then I don't know what the situation's going to be. And it's it's kind of like, well, you know, they were so terrible last year. Well, you know. Two years ago, they, uh, you know, in 2019, they set a world record for home runs. Right. On 101 games. The next year, they were 36 and 24. Uh, so, uh, you know, one out of the last three years has been terrible. And it's it's like, oh, they, you know, people are just turned off by them. Well, you know, that's, you know, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, they. <laughs> I'm just looking at their attendance this year. I mean, you know, they had 35, 35 for the opener and they had their most recent game was good. They had 27 for the Royals the Sunday before Memorial day. That was their last home game. And that was the, that was their second biggest crowd. They haven't been over 20. They haven't gotten to 23,000 in any other game this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, I mean, that's, those are low yeah, numbers. And you're right. I mean, the well, Yankees better competition now that we're into summer might help, but we got to see it this week. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this, so, well, you know, they already passed the test for all the people who told me I was an idiot. They were right. Congratulations. Uh, but, uh, now we'll, you know, they're, they're, they're a really bad matchup right now, as far as, uh, uh, the Yankees are concerned because, uh, they're pitching so damn good. The Yankees you talk yeah. about spinning, but, uh, their, their starting pitching has just been phenomenal. So, um, you know, you're going to have to beat them three to two. And how do you hold that line up to three to two is, uh, is going to be, a, is going to be the test obviously, but Hey, uh, that would have been a disaster last that, you know, I like to say on Twitter, this would be a bad loss. Oh, it have blown that one yesterday. Last, oh, well, he had to go get, you know, Duffy must feel like an idiot today because you have to go get a left-hander to face. George Springer, right? You know, rather have the rookie lefty face George Springer than you. You've been so bad. I'm sure that I'm sure that Rocco and the boys in the dugout had a visions of Duffy hanging one of those curveballs of his and saying one of those hit me as far as you want to. Him uh, going in the tank uh, is uh, is uh, kind of a shock to me. I, he looked cup. I mean. Three years ago, two years ago, the guy was throwing 96 and five and had the great sharp curveball, and he's terrible right now. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah, I know it. Let's uh, let's switch gears. I got something uh, Ben Gessling mentioned this to me on a podcast last week, and you were concerned um, You know, now that new regime is in town, um, you know, Kevin O'Connell taking over for Mike Zimmer, you kind of miss some of Zimmer's crustiness some of his honesty some of his techniques um ben was mentioning to me that in their uh, their otas when dealing with their kickers they'll have guys 
um, go and yell at the kickers, go make noise, go yell at them while they're trying to make pressure kicks. They'll just sit there and shout and yell. They got, they got Greg Joseph still, and they got, they brought somebody else in as a, as competition, maybe as faux competition this year to, uh, to make sure Joseph still kicks well, but they just sit there and scream and yell at them to try to simulate. I don't know what, try to simulate some sort of uh, pressure situation. So Kevin O'Connell's yeah. got a little bit of Zimmer in him. If, if that's his yeah. idea. Was it that Zimmy did that? Uh, Zimmy did that too, right? Didn't they I don't do- know if he did that exactly, but he was not a. Uh, he did not have a soft touch with the kickers. Oh yeah, sure. he, because they were they were that was that was always fun. I always, you know, you always kind of rooted for a you know if you to, if you were a big fan of Zim going nuts, you know, uh, you'd always kind of root for the field goal kicker to miss it. Bunny, <laughs> every once in a while, you know, let them win the game, but still miss a buddy, go to overtime because somebody missed one because uh, it would drive Zimmer crazy. But this whole notion of uh, mean old Zim is, yeah, yeah, what a what a bunch of crap that is. Uh, I, I bet Kendrick is, I bet Kendrick wishes he never had said that about yes. that. Now he gets a rap, apparently. Uh, out there uh, last week when that, you know, when he talked about it again or 10 days ago or whatever it was, he didn't want to talk about it. Everybody basically forced him into getting into talking about it again. So uh, that the media came out there and that was their angle. I think the TV station for it, anybody that was going to be their angle. And uh, they weren't, they weren't going to let up, but uh, I don't, you know. What what are we right now? Have we had the uh, had we have we had the mandatory mini nope. camp? M- mandatory yeah. mini camp is this week, but it's just two okay. days on two days on the field, I think, and then one more of uh, bonding. I think we're gonna bond oh, for a bond. bit, and nice then uh, or nice uh, barbecue or some damn something. Thing. And then uh, after this, they're they're gone till training camp. This is this, this is the last week of yeah. uh, yeah. off field or you know on field stuff until training camp. It's go it's going yeah. fast. Uh, Mike Lynn basically in the eighties had to hold his breath and, and stop his feet to get Bud to have a two and a half day mini camp. That was it. Bud was like the last holdout of not even having those, those things. He would, he was, Bud, you took the summer off. You went to the cabin. Okay, you don't do the, all this goofy, these workouts. So we were, we were the, uh, you know, the tradition of the timber of the Vikings, where they were the last mini campers in the NFL because of Bud. You know, they used to always say the Bud walkthrough on Saturday before the game yeah. out. Of- Winter, but he spent more time looking up at the sky to see if the ducks were flying <laughs> out by the river than he did. And a lot of times they'd break it off because he, you know, he and he and Neil Goodberg and some of those guys would go down to the river and go duck hunting on uh, Saturday mornings. <laughs> and, you know, a little different approach now, but uh, God, these guys, they have like, uh, what do they got? 26 coaches, something like that. Yeah, right? it's amazing. 26 coaches. They got, you know, they got uh, quarterbacks. They got more coaches than they got quarterbacks. Uh, they got, the, you know, obviously O'Connell's the quarterback guy. You got the offensive coordinators. Then you have a quarterback coach, an assistant quarterback coach, and a quarterback analyst. Uh, you got like 
an offensive coordinator and three other specific quarterback coaches, and you only got three core, three or four quarterbacks. It's uh, it's unbelievable the uh, the mob that they used to have. No, I asked um, Bud about mob, that mob that they have for assistant coaches. I asked Bud about that when he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about kind of how people want to compare him to their compare O'Connell to him, at least in appearance. And he said, you know how many coaches I had back then? Like four. <laughs> I was like, you know how many he has? He's got like 20 something. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I know. It's more about the look than anything else, but the eras are not comparable. It's just, it, it's just no, the eras in all sports, but it's just, it's unbelievable. He had six most of the time. He never had four. I don't well, think. But, he, but I think two, but I think two of the guys didn't really do anything. Like one of them was yeah. just his buddy, right? Yeah. Buzz. Buzz Birdies, the great Buzz Birdies. I think they put him in charge of defensive backs, but Bud was kind of in charge of defensive backs. And Buzz's job was to make sure nobody paid retail for anything. If, <laughs> if you needed a new refrigerator, he'd, he'd get you hooked up for about one third of the price. Buzz, it, Buzz was kind of their deal maker. So uh, they were, uh, yeah, it was, uh, they were all, you know, they were all, the same guys year after year, unless one of them, I think two of Neil Armstrong and, and the Howe and Neil Armstrong both left here for head coaching jobs. So beyond that, they just kept the same guys all the time. Yeah. It's a, it is a uh, different world. So you, you can't, uh, you can't make any comparison with what they were doing in Bud's time to what they're doing now. That's, that's for sure. He's when I saw him though, he was what, what dazzled him the most was the, fact that you could punt indoors now <laughs> how high that roof is and oh, yeah. Yeah, look at that look at all that wasted space up there just so you could punt he said wasn't there a punter wasn't it was that the big problem in dallas a little while ago that the punts were hitting this few punts were hitting the scoreboard in that new yeah. in the new jerry dome yeah that's don't worry right. about that that was problem and one other thing I want to, well, we're going to probably talk about a couple other things, but uh, I went to the fights Friday night. Saturday. Okay. I took Mrs. Ricey with me. Okay. Uh, we went to the fights. Uh, they had uh, their biggest crowd they've had, uh, the most tickets they've sold. The place was jammed. 40, uh, what was it? 4,600, no, 40, whatever it was, under five, but uh Usually they've been three, you know, low threes, okay. uh, then four, then they started hitting four, but it's it's pretty good because you don't really have a, a Minnesota connection with this card. Uh, I mean, David Morrell, the Cuban, lived here for a while. He's training in Houston now, but he's kind of become the local guy, and so he was in this in the second main event, but actually the first fight. But you got these two 122 pounders, one from Philadelphia, one a, a kid from LA who's of Mexican descent. But uh, we, we've developed a boxing crowd, Mike. It's pretty amazing. It's, and it's a, there's no crowd like it. Uh, Larry Fitz was sitting next to me and I said, Larry Fitz, you don't see this crowd anywhere else. <laughs> and uh, these, they're not fighting these people because they want to go to a baseball game instead. No, right. It is a great crowd, man. I love them. They stand up, they drink. There was a woman sitting behind us right over my wife's shoulder, gave her a headache. Knock him the bleep out. <laughs> Him the bleep. She screamed that 25 times per round when Morrell was fighting. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. And 
but it's it's fun and it's a great place for boxing. It's a perfect size arena. Yes. And uh, they have two bars, one on each side, 60 yards long. So you're never going to be thirsty. Yeah. You go up there. And uh, boxing is a crowd where people don't mind like elbowing their way to get to where they want to go. And, uh, you know, they don't mind being crowded and jammed and, you know, help me, gal, you know, excuse me, excuse me, let me through here. And, uh, and uh, anyway, it's uh, they, they're kind of tied in with Showtime now, uh, which has kind of become the big hitter in in boxing. And uh, the last two cards have been Showtime cards, and and you get prominent national fights. Uh, yeah, two guys were 122 pounders, and uh, when we first walked in, uh, we were kind of further in the back. And my wife looked up there and they had a hundred couple of 115 pounders and, and fighting. And she said to me, they got little boys fighting. I didn't know we were coming to little boys. fighting." <laughs> I said, it's a different weight class. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, they, they, they had kind of built it up a little bit like 15, 20 years ago, right. When it was like the Tony Bonsante against Matt Vanda. And that was yeah. a, They'd have some occasional, uh, occasional local fights that drew some people. Yeah, I mean we've had they've had their moments here, but it's always been tied in with a local fighter. Right. right? Exactly. Yes. It's always you've always it's always been a promotion of a local fighter. Scott Ledoux fought Norton here, and right. and uh, Larry Holmes damn near killed him here, and uh, uh, but it's this is not a campaign this started off kind of pushing jamal james and uh right and caleb Truax, Truax, but it's now kind of hey you know you go to you know my friend mark wicker you know uh, who's uh, recently retired out right. in orange county but a big fight guy out there and he you know texted me three months ago said hey the, you're getting the fulton roman roman fight there and uh and so, you know, it's it, it, the difference is that there's this premier boxing champions has, they go to Brooklyn, LA, uh, someplace else and here. So they got like the four places, the four main, then they might go somewhere else for a local guy, but, uh, but uh, they're in the circuit here and they're going to probably get about four cars a year. And that's, yep. that's just right. You know, you don't want to. Yeah. You know, every three months, every two and a half months, the people, uh, you know, hey, there's a fight, so let's go. Right. So, and I went to one of those Bonsante Vanda fights back in the day, and those were bits, bits of really, it's, it's nothing like it. And it's, it's really an entertaining night. Do we yeah. have, by the way, do we have advanced stats in boxing? I've not paid attention to that. Do we have analytics. Uh, do we have analytics. Do we have punches above replacement. Do we have anything like that? Adonis Razor was telling me he was he, he trained uh, Morel at first when he first got here, and now uh, they sent him to this Ronnie Shields in in Houston. But uh, but Adonis told me, you know, you talk about analytics, and uh, said everybody just starts with this Morel. They go out there and they dance around and they exchange punches with them and blah blah blah. And he said, and then he hits them in the face with a left, and their eyes pop wide open, and they all say like. Oh hell! <laughs> <How'd> I, <laughs> you know you get that. He was, you know, he fought. He they stopped it in the fourth round. He was out walking around the front of the ring, all dressed up, cleaned up about an hour after the fight, shaking wow. everybody. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, if he can 
his big problem is staying under uh, 168 pounds because he's a pretty big kid and uh, he made the weight this time 166 and a half which is pretty good for him the thing about those fighters you know is though you weigh in the day before yeah he, you can you can go in the ring at 175 right you know? exactly you know so uh yeah yeah anyway it was kind of fun and a big crowd we poured out of there at 11 11 15 11 it was over about 11 11 o'clock 11 15 yeah. and uh, they were having a post fight party at the rain down on uh first avenue okay. yeah guys should have stopped for that that might have been <laughs> that might have been a scene <laughs> the uh the uh the boxing crowd uh, assembling afterwards to uh, drink even more out of yes. that. A lot of fun, man. Yes, but, I'm sure that got uh, it, it, might have been a few amateur undercards at the bar that night. That did, uh, they did well. Hey, Nadal, how's that guy, man? 14, 14 and 0 in French Open finals. Unbelievable. And his, and his, a, and his foot is apparently asleep. He's, he's got to <laughs> yeah. get like, the injections in his foot just to yeah. play. Well, they had yeah, pictures he, of this kid he played in the finals showing up to watch him play like when the kid was the cop the guy that was 13 or whatever his name is the guy or no rod right rod that he played and uh it was big the guy, the guy was like grew up as this big nadal fan now he's playing him in the finals and getting beaten about 10 minutes you know so all these years later it's uh pretty uh Pretty astounding that uh, what this guy has, you know, about three years ago, it looked like he might be done because he right. has many injuries. It doesn't alarm me, amaze me that any of those people can play, you know, in 15 tournaments a year and stay healthy. But, uh, you know, anyway, it's we have uh, obviously not a lot of big tennis fans, including me, but uh, it's it, this, this generation has had the Three greatest tennis oh, tennis, yeah. tennis players of all time: Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer. It's, yes, uh, incredible. Yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, Patrick, I want to mention one more thing before we go. If you had, if the twin, if you had been near a casino with uh, a sports book on Friday, and the twins had played the way you thought they were, had played the way we we uh, we imagined. We let me start that over. If they had played the way they did Friday, but you had lost 500 because you thought something else. You could have made it back um, last night because Golden State winning over Boston at home in game two in a fairly comfortable fashion is about the most predictable NBA <laughs> thing you can imagine, is it not? Although I think after you absolutely threw away the first one, you could have doubted yourself, don't you think? You, know? you, you could have, but the the desperate the home team if they if they're any good they can't lose that game too they get so desperate and they they almost always win that game too you know who I admire uh, NBA and stuff Stephen A Smith Stephen A Smith making what eight mil is it something like that I don't know eight, something he more than money and Stephen emphatically says the most routine horse crap you've ever heard. The Golden State Warriors are a very good basketball team. Come on, you know, and then he right. says it, Stephen A. Smith, emphatically. And these, the guys that are interviewing him after the game, he does the NBA thing, and they're all, oh, did you hear what Stephen right. said? Bad boy, throwing grenades out there because uh, 
And he thinks the Golden State Warriors are a very good team and they're going to come back. And the, and the Celtics are inconsistent. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Where's the paycheck? Come on. Right. Let's go. Right. Let's go. He's a he's unbelievable. How uh what what uh the 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 schnick he's created is fantastic. I admire him greatly. Anybody who can steal that much money, I acquire, you know, <laughs> using that vernacular of uh yes. I mean it's outrageous. I've, I've never worked a day in my life either, so I'm not complaining about it. I, uh, I I was very proud of one of my tweets that, uh, the, over the weekend, though, that, uh, you know, that uh, this, you know, Bichette is a great player. I love that kid. You know, the shortstop for Toronto. And, you yes. know, his, uh, well, his old man was a big leaguer and all-star. And Bobby Witt Jr. And, uh, you know, I love both those guys. Shortstops, just fantastic. And I said, genetics are really important. And then I said, you know, I'm adopted, so I'm not quite sure what my old man was, but uh, my genetic old man, but I can guarantee he wasn't a carpenter. <laughs> I, I know that. So anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, I'd take that Bichette uh, kid. But hey, Yankees coming to town. Uh, come on out and watch the ball game, folks. It'll be fun. I got one more thing for you quick since you were talking about uh, about that. It was I'm trying to find this uh, <clears throat> tweet from a, a guy, I know, a friend of mine from from Twitter, David J. Roth. It was a while ago, but I always I was referenced this because it's a Stephen A. Smith. Um, <laughs> I want to get it right. So uh, let me see if I can find it quick here. It's uh, OK. Yeah, here we go. He's he's uh, setting the scene here. He says P.F. Ch- P.F. Chang waiter. Um in parentheses, recites specials. Stephen A. Smith acts surprised. To me, that's preposterous. Crab Rangoon, things of that nature. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He's uh, he's done it, man. Bayless has done it. Those guys, fantastic. They shout, you know, they I shout, can, and they get paid. I can sit here and say LeBron James stinks and make myself is uh, is way overrated and make ten million dollars a year. I'd probably do it too. So Skip's got it figured yeah. out, man. They've uh, they cornered the market on something. I don't know what it is. That's All true. Right. All right, Patrick. Appreciate it. We'll do this again next week. All right, Michael. See you.